This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Let me set the table just a little bit here. Uh, Psalms 119.89, it says that God's word's forever settled in heaven. And so even on the end of times here on heaven and hell, we need to specifically understand what God's word said, what God said about it. Not man's opinion and not man's interpretation, but exactly what God said here. And we can't try to domesticate God, okay? And it would be awfully, awfully arrogant for any of us to think that we can pick and choose the truths we embrace or we don't embrace. And so let's let the word teach us here today, even about judgment. This is week nine. I will tell you this. Next week, we're going to get on to the heaven side, which is good. Just a little while longer and we'll be out of here. All right. Ephesians chapter two is where we're going to begin. Let me ask you a question as you're turning to Ephesians two. Will there be a judgment day? Yes. Will all of us be judged? Yes. There will be no exemptions for any of us. And so we're going to set some things in order here. We begin Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace, for by grace, what is grace? Grace is an undeserved kindness that God gives us. Grace is a force, it's a verb, but grace is also a favor, it's a noun. It's just a gift from God. That's why we sing amazing grace, because that's what it is. So he says, for by grace... You've been saved. For by grace you've been saved through faith. So again, the statement that the Apostle Paul makes, i got to break it down just a little bit here. Where does faith come from? Well, Romans 10, 17 says, Faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So what happens to every one of us? We hear the Word of God. And because I hear the Word of God, if faith begins to rise on the inside of me, And then I choose to either believe that word or I reject it. Now, when we talk about how we receive faith or even salvation, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart. So this is what he's telling us. We're saved by grace through faith. That not of yourself, it is the gift of God. It's not of any of our own doing, verse 9. Not of works, not a result of works, works, least any should boast, least any should walk around and brag about it and act how spiritual I am. So it's nothing that we do. Now think about this in this setting right here. God is the God who makes every one of us, and God's the one that saves every one of us that responds to him. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship. We are his handiwork. Created or recreated in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God renovates our hearts. He renovates our nature. He comes on the inside of us. And again, if you've ever given your heart to Jesus, you know that it's not a a, a physical thing. In other words, your body doesn't change. That'd be really nice, wouldn't it? It'd be really nice that if I got saved, I'd get all my hair back. Be a great thought. Some of you are in agreement with me there. But what happens here is God comes back on the inside of us. And he recreates us inside. And then he said at the end of verse 10 here that we should walk in them, that we should walk in good works. 
So God not only graces the salvation, he graces me and you with the ability to live a godly life. That there ought to be a change in us. When you get born again, people ought to see that. They ought to recognize that. Now, go with me to the book of Revelations chapter 20. Revelations 20, and as you're turning there, belief is salvation. That's where I'll spend eternity based on what I did with the cross. Do I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me? That his blood and his broken body were all displayed and and forsaken for me? Belief is where I'll spend eternity at. Behavior is how I'll spend eternity. And when we talk about behavior, it gets over again on my works and my deeds that I do with my time here on earth. Now, what you're going to see here this morning is you're going to see two different judgments, okay? Two separate judgments. One of the judgments will be for unbelievers. The other will be for believers. But every one of us are going to be judged. So we look at Revelations 20. And above verse 11, notice what it says. The great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment. So this is the first judgment, okay, that we're going to talk about here this morning. So what's going on here? Our time on this place called earth has expired. It's over. And this is what's going to happen. Verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, and from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Now, this will begin to tell you something about who he's dealing with right here. He said that the ones there on earth that saw him, they fled away. They didn't come running to him. They fled away. And them was found no place for them. And there was found no place for them. Now, right here, it's very clear that John, who's writing this, he's talking about unbelievers. There was no place found for them. Verse 12. And or also I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books, plural, were open. And another book, singular, was open. Which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the works by the things which were written in the books. Now I highlighted book and book specifically there. Because the book is referencing to a thing called the Lamb's book, singular, of life. You want your name to be in that book. The books that he's talking about is our works and our deeds, whatever one of us have done here on earth. Okay, this is what it's talking about. Verse number 13. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Each one of them was judged according to his works. According to what he did on this earth. According to my relationship that I had with Jesus or I didn't have. Keep reading. Verse 14. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Okay? The first death is physical death. The second death is what he's talking about is a spiritual death. And that will determine either eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. Verse 15. 
And anyone not found written in the book singular of life will be cast into the lake of fire. So what you see here, guys, is these unbelievers, the ones that would not believe or accept Jesus as Lord of their life, they will be cast into the lake of fire. But they will stand before God for all the works they did here on earth. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. And if you study this on your own, you'll find out real quick, this is where a lot of this cross-references the great white judgment back to. It goes to the second judgment here. And so we're going to get into the second one, and you probably got a good idea. It's talking to believers, ones who've accepted Jesus as Lord of their life. So we begin. 2 Corinthians 5. I want to start in verse 8. Actually, verse 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. So here on earth, I, I'm either going to trust the Word of God, the truth that the Word of God talks about, or I'm going to look to all the outward evidence. But he said, we walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 8. We are confident. I want to say, man, you may circle that. We are confident. Yes. Well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So what was Paul saying there? If I'm absent from the body, I've died physically. But he said to be present with the Lord. Now there's a couple great truths in here for every one of us in this room. The confidence is this. That when I'm born again, I've received Jesus as Lord of my life. That when I die, immediately I'm going to go into the presence of the Lord. Our loved ones, our family members, they went right with Jesus to the presence of the Lord. That's the first nugget he gives me. The second one is this right here. He's talking to believers because when unbelievers die... They don't go into the presence of the Lord. So specifically right here, the Apostle Paul, he's directing to this to believers. So if you've received Jesus as Lord of your life, you've believed with your heart and you've confessed with your mouth, this is who he's dressing this to. Verse 9. Therefore we make it our goal or our ambition, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. The, the Amplified says, strive earnestly to be well-pleasing to him, whether I'm alive or I'm dead. Now, why would he tell me to make it my aim to be well-pleasing to him? Verse 10, for, now that word for there is knowledge of a future accountability for our service. Another reason for me and you to seek and to be well-pleasing to him. So he says, for, we must all, Every one of us appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The first judgment was the great white throne. The second one is for us, and it's the judgment seat of Christ right here. Look what he goes on to say. That each one, you know what that means? Every one of us specifically, each one may receive his pay, his recompense, for the things done in the body. The things that I did right here on earth. According to what he has done. Whether good or bad. Whatever we deserve with our time here on the earth. And so what he's telling us. 
My life on this earth matters how I live, what I do. I'm going to be rewarded for it. And so he's saying, make it your aim. Now let's go a little farther. Go to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. And I'm going to have you bouncing around here back and forth this morning just to prove some things to you. So we can live with the confidence. Don't you understand that, man, God's got a plan for us. He's got an eternal place for every one of us. Romans chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, you are inexcusable, without excuse, defense, or justification, O man. Whoever you are who judge, for whatever you judge another, you condemn yourselves. For you who judge, practice the same thing. The New Living says you're just as bad, and you have no excuses. You judge others, but you do the same thing. So now he's warning us here. We're to be very careful how we judge other people. Verse 2. But we know that the judgment of God is according to the truth. The verdict or God or the sentence of God is based on the truth. What's the truth? God is truth. His word is truth. So when we judge, guess how we're going to be judged? The, the, the Bible will literally judge us. The truth of the word of God is what's going to judge every one of us. And we'll get a stand before God and he'll say, well, this is what happened. But this is what the truth said. Keep reading. But we know the judgment of God is according to the truth against those who practice such things. And do you think, oh man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same thing, you will escape the judgment of God. You think you will. So if you practice judging others, he's telling us, you might as well get ready. Because you're going to get judged too. Verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, the forbearance and long-suffering? Now, listen to what the, the Amplified says here. It says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? How many of you have seen how patient and tolerant God is with you? Whoo, I, I rejoice in that thought today. I mean, I sit there and I look at that and I think, we get upset when things don't go our way in a day or a week. But God's been patient with me. He's been tolerant with me for years and years and years. Why? Look at the verse 4. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. God's kindness is intended for every one of us to repent of our sins and turn to Him. And the Bible's very clear that every one of us have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so the reason God's goodness is there for us is he loves us so much and he's so merciful. He's saying, man, I just want you to, to repent and come to know me. Now, here's what we must understand this. Just because God is patient with us, that doesn't mean that he approves of our sin. Many times in our life as human beings, we get over into areas of sin and we think or we have the mindset Because there hasn't been any immediate 
punishment for it. God's okay with it. God's not okay with it. God's desire is for every one of us to come to him and repent. And man, when we begin to repent of our sins, he begins to move in our lives. Now let me say this about the repentance of sin. God will forgive you when you repent. But that doesn't mean you're going to get away from the consequences of your actions. God will forgive you. And many times people have the thought, well, I repented of that, so everything's fine and over. Now, just think about this in this setting. If a human being commits murder, will God forgive them of that? Absolutely, he will. But they're going to still face the consequences of their actions, okay? It doesn't mean you're going to get off the hook with the consequences that go with what you did. Keep reading here. But in accordance, but in accordance with your hardness or your stubborn and your impotent or your unrepentive heart. And so he's saying part of the issue is because we have a hard heart. We have a stubborn heart and we will not repent. I refuse to turn from my sins. Look what he says. You are treasuring up for yourselves. You are storing up for yourselves. You're putting up for yourselves on layaway. Wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So you know what he's telling me there? Because I got a hard heart and I won't repent of it. I got a savings account. I'm storing up stuff for me in heaven. Now he makes an interesting comment here in verse 6. Watch this. Who will re-render to each one according to his deeds. So every one of us, we're going to stand before God and he's going to render to us according to our deeds and our works. Now, this does not contradict the gospel of salvation. Salvation is a free gift. But unbelievers will be judged for their sin. And believers who've repented of their sin, we will be rewarded based on our deeds. So guess, guess what? Every one of us in there, we're going to stand before a holy and just God. And there's going to be a big reward ceremony. Whether good or bad. Now go back with me to 1 Corinthians 3. And this is one that has brought incredible insight to me for these last days. Specifically for this, this whole series. I believe God will really, really speak to our heart. And he'll fill in some blanks here on this one. So again, there is going to be a judgment day. I'm going to be judged and so are you. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. We are his joint laborers and promoters. We're with and for God. You are God's field and you are God's building. Now it's interesting. He, he's talking to me and you and he says you're God's field and God's building. So we think about a building here for a second. I mean a, a field first. We're under cultivation. Every one of us are being cultivated. And God plows up our hearts and he tries to get the seed of the word of God in us. But the ultimate goal is that every one of us bear fruit in our life. So we're God's field. We're God's foundation. 
Every one of us are a building that's under construction. The goal is there's a starting point, but there's also a finishing point. And so God wants to cultivate our lives. He wants to to be the constructor of our life. Verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So for us as born-again Christians, the foundation is always Jesus. There is no other foundation. People that try to build their life off the foundation of success, wealth, fame, those will collapse. The only thing that is a solid foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, the foundation that was birthed off of Jesus Christ, and he said, if anyone builds off of this foundation, that Jesus is Lord of my life, now watch real close to this. With gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one, every one of us works will become clear or evident for the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So on judgment day, we're all going to be examined. And everything will be revealed. And there's going to be this big fire. Now if I was taking you back to verse 12, he lists six different building materials. The first three, gold, silver, And precious stones, those are eternal. Those cannot perish. They'll go through the fire. That's what he wants us to build our lives on, a commitment to God. The next three, hay, straw, and wood, what do you think happens to them when they come under fire? (laughs) They're gone. They're all perishable. And so those were things that people thought they could build their life on here on earth. But when they came to eternity, they were of no eternal significance or value. So again, he lets us know, be careful what you're building your life on. He said, take heed. So again, what are some of the building materials that he's talking about? I believe every one of us will give an account of what we did with our, uh, our, our talents. How we treated other people. We will be given account of what we did with our money. We will be given account of how well I obeyed the word of God. And so many times here when he talks about wood, hay, and straw and those things, those are people that live for the things of this world. For this moment. For this day, for just their times on earth. So remember, he said, you're going to store up for yourselves. So again, it matters what I do here on earth. Verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on, it endures, he will receive a reward. 
And let me tell you something right here. The reward he's talking about wasn't salvation. The reward he's talking about here is for my acts of service while I'm here on this earth. And if you go to the book of Matthew 25, on several occasions Jesus would say this. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over the ten or faithful over the five. Have this many more. So right here, the reward is going to be rewards that we're going to get when we get to heaven. Now watch what he says because there's great truths here. If anyone's work is burned or burned up, he will suffer or lose the reward or suffer the loss. Now listen, listen real close. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Now pay close attention to what he's talking about here. Through fire, this person will have a narrow escape like someone fleeing from a house that's on fire. So you know what he's talking about here? You lose all your possessions, but you save your life. So right here, he's talking to believers. And so guess what's going to happen? Some people are going to make it to heaven by the hair of their chinny chin chin. And other people are going to make it to heaven. And you're going to see incredible rewards in, in people's lives. The Bible's very clear that there will be people in heaven that will be the mayor over cities. And you know why they'll be the mayor over cities in heaven? Because of what they did while they were here on earth. It's very clear there will be ones that will have incredible crowns upon their head because they were soul winners here on earth. And so again, when I look at this, it matters how I live and it matters how you live. But there are some very, very important things we got to understand. Do I live here on this earth for my gain or do I live here to say, you know what, Father God, I'm your handiwork. I'm your labor. I'm your hands. I'm your feet. And guess what? Many will say, I wish I'd have known that. Many will say, that's not fair. We've talked about that already. If you go to, and I'm not telling you to go there, but in your own personal study, Ezekiel 33, 17, it specifically says people will say it's not fair. I want you to go one last passage this morning to Psalms chapter 4. Psalms 14, excuse me. The 14th Psalm. Why are you preaching all in this, Pastor? I don't want any of us to get to the end of this and look and say, I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known. No, that's why we're going to put it out right now and let everybody know. This is what the Word of God said. And so again, I highlight this. It's very important how I live here on this earth. I go to heaven based on my belief I'm rewarded in heaven based on my behavior while I'm here on earth. Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, the fool. Now, the fool is not someone diminished of an intellectual capacity, but a fool, rather, is one who makes an intellectual decision to choose to live a life of moral perversion instead of the things of God. In Proverbs chapter number 12, verse 15, it says, The way of the fool 
is he is righteous in his own eyes. So the fool will say in his heart, there's no God. So if the fool says there's no God, then there's no judgment. If there's no judgment, there's no retribution. The fool will say they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. But the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek God. He looks down to see if there's any who reflect on the things of God. And so again, every one of us in this room, we have choices. We choose where we'll spend eternity. And we choose how we'll live in eternity. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19, it specifically says, I set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And so with every one of us in here, God allows us to be free will beings. He gives us a choice. He gives us a choice. And so again, it always bothers me when I hear people say, why would a loving God send anyone to hell? He doesn't. People choose to go there because they reflect or they, they reject the truth. And again, understand this, when I get to heaven, there's going to be a verdict. There's going to be a sentence for every one of us, whether good or bad is what he said. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.